Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special edition of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the EWC boys basketball preview. We had the girls basketball preview preview air yesterday, and now we got the boys one here. So let's get right into it. We have Robert Schimmick here, of course. Robert, how you doing? Great. Yeah, this this is going to be a great episode. It's it's boys basketball, and I mean, Robert's account, it used to be just EWC boys basketball, and now or EWC basketball, and now we're covering boys basketball. So this is kind of his bread and butter, and I myself, I love some good high school basketball. So this will be a really fun episode. So without further ado, let's get right into it here. We're going to do kind of how we did that girls episode that was aired yesterday. We're going to start from the bottom to the top in the conference, how, well, how we think it's going to go, and then we'll also throw together probably a first-team list, and we're going to try to project the player of the year, and we, we know how that debate's going to go, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, Let's get right into it, though. Number eight, we have the two Rivers Raiders is what we're we're predicting here. And, Robert, you agree with that? Yes, they are number eight. Yeah, and just this Raiders team looking at, at it from last year, four and ten in conference, five and 16 overall. But um, they're losing a lot of seniors. And when I say a lot, I mean a lot. And so this, this Raiders team, it's going to be kind of, uh, I'd say in high school, like a rebuilding year. I mean, there's not a lot of guys – not a lot of seniors for this team and it, it's going to be a tough year. You're going to probably see a lot of sophomores, good chunk of juniors on the playing varsity minutes, a lot of varsity minutes. So hopefully, I mean, that, that will get, give them some great experience for years to come, but I don't think this year is going to be a year for the two rivers Raiders. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm sure two rivers kind of wishes they could suit up their coach because Brett Linsmeyer is taking over for the TR squad in his first year. And uh, yeah, there's nothing here for him. I mean, they had Cameron Daphner, Salta, Bryce Peterson, Kippart, Lindbergh, um, Oliveira from my sources, beat writers out of TR. He's rumored to be on the fence of going out and is likely to not go out. So that's probably their six best players last year are not returning and two rivers was not good last year. So, I mean, they, they were five and 16 last year. Um, yeah. The two times I saw them play did not look good. And, you know, JV and JV two, they're four and 13 and four and 11. Honestly, like this is, it's just kind of sad. I mean, not to, I'm underprepared for this team just because I really just don't know. Brady Richard, Xander pop, Orion Gogger, are three names that I think I've heard that, you know, they could be some of their better players. And yeah, I mean, they're all juniors. So hopefully those three can kind of, you know, get, I'm almost going to come kind of compare this to maybe like a Chilton where like last year they had a couple guys like a Warren Wilcox who did some good things for them. So hopefully they can just be serviceable, those guys and just play good defense. And yeah, I mean, Strengths and weaknesses. I I, I don't I don't really have a strength for them other than maybe you. They just got to go out there and just have energy. And okay, we have nothing to lose. Just play like our hair's on fire. And if they just play with energy and they can just have good chemistry that way, that's maybe my strength for them. But other than that, I mean, yeah, experience. They have no experience. Not any experience at all. So. Not, I don't, I don't know. I'm setting the line at maybe one and a half wins this year for TR. One win. It's, it's not looking good. Yeah. I was just about to go there. I was going to say one or two wins. Maybe we can expect 
they steal a game maybe, but this that this TR team's looking looking interesting. I think football hopefully can come sooner than later for the Raiders. So let's yeah. get to the next team here. I got the Sheboygan Falls Falcons, and I would not have expected them being this low for me even a year ago or two years ago. And um, yeah, this Sheboygan Falls team, Robert, you agree with them at seven? I think I had them at six. Uh, obviously, my rankings didn't come out yet, but I have them at six. I think they got a couple guys that, I mean, it, it's all very close. But uh, WSN had them at five. I just, I don't see them being able to, you know, beat three teams in the conference. I don't think three teams are worse than them. You know, obviously, they lost J.J. Nikolai, Tommy Murray, uh, Isaac Clemmy, Malachi Munoz, Dylan Groskopf. And I mean, that, that's, that's a lot. I mean, so they lost all their starters and a couple of guys that are returning Ethan Valhurst, you know, he averaged 4.2 points per game. Um, that not bad behind all those guys, Dustin Kerwin, he'll be back. He averaged over four points a game. Then uh, Reed Federer, brother of JJ, Dane Nikolai um, and Brady Schneider. I think he'll be a good, he, he's a sophomore this year. I think he was a good player on their freshman team. So I think their strengths are just still going to be their shooting and their transition. They're going to have to play guards. They're going to have to run up and down the floor and get people tired and just hope they're on. But I think question marks is just experience, rebounding. And I think I mentioned this maybe on one of my stories. I don't know if they're going to be able to play that zone this year just because in the past you just had Groskopf and Clemmy and Nikolai and Spielvogel. They're all so long that that zone really worked and was really effective. I don't know with undersized players all, you know, around six feet and under, if that's really going to work this year. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's my main concern for them. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that's a great point you bring up. Maybe we won't see that iconic Sheboygan Falls zone this year. Um, who did you have then at, the, at number seven? New Holstein. Okay. Yeah. So we flipped them there. Um, which I guess is fair. You could put, I think you could, that that's a fair thing to do there flipping them. Um, so let's talk then we'll talk about the new Holstein Huskies then right into this. So new Holstein, I mean um, the one guy who comes to mind who is returning, of course, is Henry Schnell um, after coming. I mean, last year we saw him, I mean, he, you would put him on your top 10. He's number seven, I believe, right? Yeah. Seven. And that's, I think that's a fair spot for him, but other than that, I mean, they have a Casper come, they're returning, and just it's not Sam Casper. So um, this New Holstein team is gonna be. I, I think it's gonna be a tougher year. I think they're gonna be in that bottom three. I agree with you on that. So, what do you want to add about the the these New Holstein Huskies? Yeah, you know they have Dale Forstner coming over, and he guided Stockbridge to a twenty-one and four record and a sectional appearance last winter. Um, so now he, he's coming to New Holstein and uh, he's replacing Jason Hurth. And so, yeah, I mean, who knows it? He's a, obviously a great coach at Stockbridge who was successful the last number of years. But on top, not having a strong senior class kind of worries me when a new coach comes in. And obviously Henry Schnell, he's in that top 10. I, seven, I, I put him at seven just because I think he's in the mix with those guys. I think he could he could be anywhere from seven to ten to six in there. He's in there. He's a second team all conference player. But yeah, I think New Holstein, they're just gonna have to be kind of scrappy. Jaden Braun, he's gonna have to shoot it well for him. 
Phil Casper, I, I, he played limited minutes last year. I really haven't seen much from him. He's not as, he's not Sam Casper, um, you know, de- deflecting shots and altering shots and, you know, just being a beast down low. But, you know, he's still 6'4". And so I, I think they're just really just going to have to scrap games together and they're going to have to win in the 40s and 50s. I don't see them winning a lot of 79, 78 games to any teams. But, yeah, I mean, there, there's there's teams they can beat in this conference, and there's teams they can probably go upset. You saw them beat Brilliant last year uh, when – I don't know if New Holstein had a win in conference, and they, they took down Brilliant, and that was off of a COVID, uh, COVID uh, quarantine for their team. But, yeah, I mean, 6-11 and 11 last year. Their JV record was four and thirteen. They had a strong JV two record, fifteen and two. So I think who knows? There could be some freshmen coming up that we just don't really know about, and I think that will be the case. But other than that, I, I don't see many. I don't see many just uh, for sure wins on New Holstein's schedule. But you know, like I said, they could. They never know. They they could play spoiler to some people or just win the games they're supposed to. So, yeah, I, I got them at seven. Uh, and I think I think not to go on too long here, but uh, Mark Miller has them at eight. So they had them oh, even boy. behind. He, they, yeah, he has them at eight. I don't see how they're behind New Holstein with a guy like Schnell and some returning guys, but he had them last, but I don't see that happening. Was TR at seven there for Mark Miller then? Yeah, TR was at seven. I, I'm shocked he even had, okay. Wow. So yeah, we're, we're going to keep TR at eight for ours. And I think Chilton Definitely. or not Chilton uh, falls in New Holstein and kind of interchange them there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we saw New Holstein steal win at home against Valders last year, take the tabletop back, which is something we got going on between New Holstein and Valders. So um, let's move to number five here. Uh, Chilton, right. Are we in agreement there? I guess that's your number five. Uh, hold on. I got to look at my, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was my ranking. Uh, yes. Chilton was it. I would assume them at number five. Okay, perfect. And so yeah, we can talk a little bit about these Chilton Tigers. You mentioned guys returning like Warren Wilcox. I mean, Breck, Alex Breckheimer, of course, and um, just this team, this Chilton Tigers team coming back. I mean, not going to be that dominant Chilton team we've saw a few years ago with like Breckel and Caprol, but um, certainly a pretty good Tigers team in the middle of the pack. I'd say we'll see them this year and. And you agree with me on that, it sounds like. So what do you, what do you think about this Tigers team here? Yeah, you know, you lose Alec Lemke, Blake Beasy, and Luke Halbach. I mean, those are your best three guys. And, um, I mean, they got Mitchell Schwab, Max Miller, Jordan Lemke, Austin Gruby back. Um, other newcomers, Ryan Piarki, Zach Halbach, Drew Pievenberg, Xander Ball. I mean, Ovi. I mean, so the, I think shooting is going to be one of their strengths just because, you know, Warren Wilcox is a player I like. Will Furbiger, um, yeah. I think shooting, they're going to have to be able to shoot the ball this year. I don't think they're just going to be able to pound it into Hallbach and play bully ball like they did sometimes. And I think they'll have some good, uh, you know, uh, chemistry. I liked what I saw off the bench last year from uh, uh, what. Max Miller, I, I liked what I saw off the bench from him. So I think they, they just all kind of played well. That's the thing that kind of stuck out to me. Obviously, Breckheimer, you got him too. They all kind of just played well last year. I, they, for some reason, that just stuck out for me. And they, they just all knew their role very well. So I think 
that's where they're 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 ahead of those bottom three teams just because of that. I think they just know their role. They're more experienced. But I just think just strength overall. Um, but after Breckheimer isn't really there, and I mean I don't think they have any great ball handlers. Um, but I don't know. It's just they they they're kind of balanced, but it's just a lot of just randomness. But I think it kind of works from that way, if you can understand that. I mean, in Davy ones, they had about a 500 record last year, seven and 13 at the varsity, uh, on the varsity squad, and yeah, they open up against Michigan next week, and yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll be an okay year, but I don't see them getting farther than five. So I think five, six, uh, them and New Holstein will be close. Yeah, I mean, I mean we New Holstein falls, they'll be kind of close in there. I agree. And we saw them at six last year in the conference, four and 10, seven and 13 overall. And uh, moving to number four here, I have Keel. Yes. Okay. Glad we're on the same page there because I was about to bring out my Valders Viking in me to defend the Valders Vikings. But, um, oh, yeah, no, the- I got it. Good. I'm glad we're on my the same page. My boy Cole Holby's got Valders at least at three. Yeah, so the Keel Raiders, 10-4 and four last year, 20-7 overall. I mean, they graduated a good group of guys with with Coleman and uh, Lapiso, of course, to name a few. And then they got um, – yeah, now, I mean, now it's – we got Pierce Arns. So um, that's going to be kind of the Pierce Arns show at – with the Keel Raiders. And this team, I mean, then they have some other guys, like they have Mitchell – is it Endries? And then Grant, there's another Mons there and uh, – other than that, I mean, they give us three players on the roster for this year for the, the Keel Raiders, which uh, other than those three, though, I mean, with Arns being such a great player in himself, um, I think that'll put, that puts Keel significantly ahead of the other teams we've mentioned so far. Yeah, um, Keel, I don't know. I Originally, I had Keel and Valders close, but I think, you know, Keel fans, you know, might not love me to say this, I think they're a little closer to Chilton than they are to the top three teams. You know, and I got my sources tell me there's some guys on the fence between Mitchell Endries and Dan Schmitz. Oh. Who were – Dan Schmitz was a starter last year, and Mitchell Endries was, I think, first off the bench. And I don't, I don't know if those guys are playing this year. Say they're not playing, this is a very young team, and I think – inexperience at the varsity level, especially when you're playing at the jet hanger at Valders at new Holstein, tough places to play. It, it's not a, it's, it's not great when you don't have experienced guys. And I think people don't really understand when you just have experience and you have guys who are always in control and slow down. I think people kind of lose track of that sometimes. So, I mean, when you lose Keenan Munns and Carson LaPisto and Travis Coleman, like, a Keenan Munns, you really just can't – I don't see him play. So you got Grant Munns coming back, and Grant Munns is, is one of my favorite young players in the conference right now. I think he'll have a breakout year this year. He'll have – I think he'll be like a 9- to 10-point-per-game guy as a sophomore, maybe even more. But in another bold prediction I'm going to make is Pierce Arntz could lead the conference in scoring. I could see him scoring 24 points a game, 23 points a game just because he's always got the ball in his hands. I watched him in summer league this year one time. He was take it, – it's run. It's going to run through him. It, it, he's going to get his shots. 
last year, he, he, he attempted a ton of field goals and a ton of free throws. And with Coleman and LaPisto leaving, I believe they were both like top three in three-point attempts. Somebody's going to have to fill those. And with guys not coming out or guys maybe uh, – or guys being young, I think that's where it kind of gets tricky. You know, you do have some guys, and I mentioned them last year, Landon Brunner and Jack Heckman could be solid guys. They were really good on JV. You got Cade Velker coming up. You got, what's his name? April. Um, I forgot his first name, maybe like Braden April, something like that. He's April's a guy you really got to look out for in the coming years. He's really good. He's really athletic. Um, but other than that, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I think they're a little to start the year. I'm not going to put them up in that Valders tier. I almost think Valders could be in a tier themselves at the three or even move them up just because I don't, I don't think, I don't think Keel's as deep as them. I just don't think they have enough experience and I don't think they're strong enough yet. Well, they certainly aren't. And you mentioned with those two guys from your, your TMZ style of news. So you heard some oh, like Dan Schmitz. I mean, that, that that's big if he's not coming out and, you could certainly see, I mean, I like your bold prediction, even with Arns going averaging 20 plus, that's certainly a possibility. If he's going to keep the ball in his hands and be the primary shot taker for this, for this uh, kill Raider team. So yeah. And also like what you said now, moving on to number three here, Valders, I think you can put them in their own tier at number three. They could certainly challenge those top dogs at two and one, but they're significantly, I think they're, I think they're better than, than these these teams below them. So this Valor's Vikings team, they're returning a lot of their, their young guys. I mean, they're losing Dietrich, Valeski, and um, Vanden Heuvel, maybe even Seth Mangan. We got to add there. I'm joking. Kyle Whitmus. <laughs> uh, we love you, Seth. But um, Kyle, Kyle Whitmus, that's a big loss on the bench. Just bench, bench energy. That is the bench energy for that Vikings team. But hey, they got some, they have some nice guys coming back, of course. Cole Hovey, you can't say enough about him. You love him, Robert. Uh, he's yeah. back. Uh, Mason Myers is a starter last year. Uh, Jackson Olsen, uh, Trey Schneider. And then, yeah, like Brady Bodart, of course. Brady Hero. But uh, they got also like Nathan Banky, Brain, Sobel, Shane Greep, and Chuck. We'll see those guys off the bench. Uh, a smaller roster for this Ballers team this year, but I, I really like this team. I think. Uh, well, hopefully we can see Jackson Olsen make a big sophomore to junior year leap uh, that he's, he's truly capable of making. So hopefully we can see that happen. Uh, Trey Schneider, will see a lot more minutes out of him. He'll, he'll be starting next year and he'll, he'll make some big plays. I'm sure. And then with Myers being locked down defender, I like this Valors team a lot this year, Robert. And I know you do too. Yeah. Like I said before, I had Cole Hovey at four. But then something yesterday just kind of told me, I just kept looking at it more. And obviously I spend way too much time and overthink a lot of things, but I don't think I overthought this. I mean, Cole Hovey is just, just a bigger player, 6'3". I mean, obviously he's not like, he doesn't have the 6'7 athleticism that maybe like Lorenz have, but for his height and his statue, he's probably one of the most athletic players in the conference. Like he's so athletic. We saw that in football. And I saw him in summer league one game this year. Very athletic. Um, so Cole Hovey, I haven't met. I think he's a first team all conference player because I think Valder's finishes high. I think he's. I think he's their best player right now. And Jackson Olson, maybe one A to Cole Hovey. 
I mean, he's he's just a really tall. Was he six 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 five? Six six. Yeah. We have I mean, been six he six. Can, he can shoot it. I mean, maybe not as physical as you see most six six people play. That's just not his style, and, and that's okay. They have physical guys, and, and Mason Myers. I there there's a guy that obviously he's not going to be in a top ten list, but there's a guy right there that I really like. Uh, just because he's he's just so uh, so scrappy, so great defender, does a little thing, dives on the floor, and yeah, like I mean Brady Boldart, I think he has a capability to have some you know 18 point games, 20 point games where he hits four to five threes, and he makes some plays, and he's a he's just a little spark guy who can get hot quick. You need guys like him on a team like this. I really like this team just because I think they can score. They have good size, good athleticism, good experience, and good leadership. And then, I mean, yeah, questions. I just think how deep are they? You kind of said that. I mean, their bench doesn't, you know, jump off the page to you. But, I mean, we're used to kind of seeing some Valder's teams. I mean, obviously their state team, they were not deep at all. But if if you, you can put out a team with the starters they're putting out, I think they'll be just fine. Exactly. That's that's I'm in complete agreement with you. I really like this Valor's team. And like Sable off the bench, that's a shooter right there for this team. Grip and Traga as well can shoot the ball. And Nathan Banky, I mean, he, he's a tall guy. He's he can grab the he can grab some rebounds and play some good defense. So you're gonna want him as well. But yeah, if, if Jackson, if he adds that physical, that physical kind of play style to his game, I mean, we're, we're talking about um I mean, right now I think he's a first teamer, but he's easily a first team, first team unanimous if he adds that physical style to his game. And he's certainly a player to watch out for with, with Cole Hovey, of course, but let's move to the number two here in on the rankings. I got Ron Colley. I'm sure you have the same. Yeah. I mean, it honestly was actually closer than you probably expected, but I, I just have Ron Colley at two. Yeah. Um, now let's talk some Ron Colley jets returning the conference player of the year and Luke Pouts for his senior year. That kind of headlines the team. He averaged 20 last year. He's a great player, as we know. He's been for years. and Plus some other guys there like Reese Stangle, Brayden Yonda, Ryan Fisher, to name a few. And then even the guy who, number 10 on your list, is it Joe, is it, is it Witzkat? Witzak? Witzak. Witzak, yeah, Joe Witzak. So um, he's a guy there for this Jets team as well. Um, what do you like about this Ron Cali team so much, Robert? Yeah, see, I'm actually good. I'll I'll actually start in reverse from your question here, and I'll I'll start with the thing I don't like about them, which I could get proven wrong because a lot of people say this and they always seem to get proven wrong. The only reason I have them at two is just because of their depth. I just I see you got Luke Pouts, you got Witsack, you got Yonda, and their other starters. I mean, I really don't know Ryan Fisher. Maybe Sam Schultz will be the other starters. In Gallus, I, I I recognize the name. I don't. I couldn't put a face to him. And then you got. I mean, they have they have a lot of newcomers. I mean, Brett Simmer, Connor Kubish, Braden Reimer, good football player, really physical, strong guy. Deacon Gray, Sawyer Shipper, recognize a couple of those names. They're baseball players. But if they if they can, they need to find a diamond in the rough in one of those players who can just kind of come out. They don't have to score. They just have to be really good defenders, really good players in that Ron Colley system, passers, slippers, screeners. 
in defensive players, if they can find a, a one or two of those guys who can just come and do those little things, dive on the floor, be loud, and and they can fit their system really well, and then maybe knock down a, you know, shoot 25 to 30% from three and knock down one a game, I think that will take them to another level. But I don't really see anyone, as I know of right now, in, in that area. So I, I just think, you know, when defenses kind of prepare, you have Luke Pouts, obviously that's your main focus. And I think teams will be okay if Luke Pouts scores 25 and grabs 12 rebounds when, you know, the other guys, they might not have to focus on them that much rather than focusing on a, a Tyler Bonin, a Trevor Fico, guys like that, a Halupney, guys like that that you really have to focus on. I, I don't see them really having to focus on those other guys. So that is why I have them at two confidently just because I don't I don't know if they have that other guy there like a Tyler Bonin who just kind of broke out and was was a tough player and you, we really didn't know that much about him before the year and I think Joe Witzak will get into that we'll get into that Tyler Bonin role he's just a quick guy that he can shoot um you know average five a game last year not bad but that that's kind of what I'm looking at for the Ron Colley team this year yeah, and you mentioned, I mean, it's going to be a two-man show, I think, and with Witzak and, um, and Pouts, but what puts this this Brilliant team at number one? Yep, shocker, Brilliant's number one here uh, for both the basketball, for both in boys and girls. And, uh, yeah, this Brilliant team, though, what puts them ahead of every other team, I think, is that depth that they have in the starting five and off the bench. I mean, and plus, they got their star in Lorenz, and then they got those those solid guy, solid starters who you even put in the top 10, which are, they're very deserving of it. And it was a Parker Braun, Mason Bakey and Kane Holly, those guys. Yes. And, the, and we'll see if Lorenz makes it in the top 10. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Okay. Well, well, you're right. He might not even be in the top 10. He hasn't been announced yet as of this recording, but um, yeah. So this team, they, I mean, they have the, the solid, the solid starting five. And then you got guys like Gabe Lumberger off the bench. You got, you got Jack Fisher. I mean, there, there's there's guys on this team then to complement that starting five. So this brilliant team is definitely, I think, right now the team to beat. But I think challengers with Ron Colley and Valders, they they could suffer a loss or two from those teams as well. And I don't know. Right now we have a team to beat, but certainly looking back at it, they might not. They could be the conference champs. I think I think it's up for grabs. But um, what do you think about this brilliant team? So just feel free if I just go over my time limit here, but just to interrupt me and shut me down. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously there's just a ton to like. I mean, 16 and nine, their best record in a while. JV record 14 and five. And that was with a lot of guys just playing one half or, you know, uh, rosters changing all throughout the season last year. So a respectable record there. Um. Yeah, I got strengths for them. I just have experience, athleticism, defense, questions I kind of have, and I don't think they're that weak in any of these areas. But I think if they don't improve on last year, they're not uh, they're not going to win the conference. And that's ball handling and perimeter shooting. You just lost Hunter Kreplin, who was probably a top tier ball handler in the conference last year. I mean, you, you could just give it to him, and he could work through his own by himself, didn't even need to pass it. And then perimeter shooting, I, I mean, brilliant. The last couple of years have been at the bottom. I think they were in the cellar last year. 
didn't shoot the ball very good at all. So if they, if they don't turn that around, they're in trouble. But I mean, I think, I mean, not in trouble, but they're, they're, they're going to get, they're going to perform below their expectations. And I think a guy, I mean, Parker Braun, you know, he's just a guy uh, he's on my list this year where he's really underrated. He could break out and he has a possibility to be a first team player. I mean, Parker Braun can be a special, special player uh, when he puts it, when he puts the tools together and obviously, like you said, Caden Holly, Mason Banky, Mason Banky's just a average eight points per game last year. He's a guard, but he's always seems to be guarding. I mean, I think he was on Casper for a little bit last year. He's, he's always guarding that they're four. Uh, Caden Holly, I think, and he is a he is kind of a generational point guard. You usually see from your. I mean, he's he's got that skill. I mean, as a sophomore, he scored seven and a half points per game. That's not bad. I think he'll he'll get there. Um, and then yeah, you had players off the bench. I'm reading off the list list here. Cesar Hinojosa. He was a sophomore. Missed last season with injuries. He was a sophomore that started on Brilliant my senior year. He just tore his ACL, so he will not be there. Caleb Grimm off the bench. Bennett Olson. I think he could work his way into that starting lineup. I think he's their fifth guy. Grady Geiger. I mean, he's six six. Uh, really, really athletic shot blocker. Uh, when he puts it together, he can be real. He can just be a really good player. But there's a guy who's coming back this year. Didn't play last year. Just won the Player of the Year defense in football, and I think he takes this team over the top. Mitchell Kadarabic is back. I mean, he Ooh. was a he was he was a player his sophomore year in varsity that played good minutes. Um, didn't average a lot of points, but he's back this year. I think he's the Carter Stabani 3.0 for this brilliant, brilliant team. And I, I think he's he's the person who brings over the top. And I just think brilliant is just a really strong physical team this year. And yeah, I, I, I'm really excited that Kaderovic is back because I think he takes them over the top and he's their piece they're kind of missing. And yeah, I, so I'm, I'm excited for brilliant this year. Yeah, they have a good recipe for success. I didn't realize Cataract was coming back. That's even better for this Lions team. And, yeah, I mean, if you have Lorenz driving and he, if he's able to kick out some of these shooters, I mean, that has success written all over it for this for this brilliant team. And let's let's go now to the first team projected, um, what we think is going to go on here. Um, so, Robert, um, I mean, we can kind of name the three obvious or the four obvious, my bad. With Pouts, Lorenz, Hovey, and Arns, you agree with those four? I'm sure, right? Yeah, I think. I mean, barring injury or barring a team, I mean, not that we're still on COVID stuff, but barring a team that just kind of either, like, you know, if 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 a if a team just deals with injuries and just finishes way below, then you know, maybe a Hovey is below, and um, Olsen, I mean, what's his, yeah, Olson's on instead. But who knows? Um, yeah, barring injury, those are the four. And then we go for number five. There's, that's the one where I, I throw in, um, yeah, like Jackson Olsen, uh, Henry Schnell. Um, I mean, there's there's guys who could fit in there. You even mentioned you mentioned some guys from Berlin who could potentially take that. You said Caden Holly, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, I I think first team is those fours, and then I think guys who have the capability to get on the first team I, I think there's 
three there's four guys I think that have are capable of getting on that list and it's Jackson Olsen I have met five right now it's Caden Holly it's Parker Braun it's Joe Witzak those are my four guys who I think could get first team I mean Henry Schnell I'm sorry I, I just don't think he'll be a first team player when your team finishes in the bottom three uh, that's projected right now and I just you know I just think if you interchange some players I don't I don't think he's a first team all-conference player unless he just has some incredible season where he averages 18 19 points per game but I, I don't see him being on the first team so yeah I, I think it's between Olsen Holly Braun and Joe Witzak, and I think Witzak gets on if Ron Colley can win the conference and he can be kind of your Tyler Bond and, and kind of exactly, sneak yeah. onto that list. That's how I see him getting on, but that's but yeah. yeah, that's I where, right where I was going with it. Yeah, I think, I think it'll I, be Holly Brown or Olsen. I think, unless, um, I think Valors could still have two guys on the first team, barring how Olsen performs this year, but I think. Uh, certainly we could see we could see exactly what you mentioned. Ron Colley last year winning the conference. Their reward, they get two guys on. You get Bonin over um, over Kreplin is kind of how it worked. And that's yeah. that's okay. I mean, they won the conference. They deserve You know, it worked out. And I guess let's talk now about a fun part. Here we go, Robert. Conference player of the year, who do you have? Well, it's whoever wins the conference. I think it's just as simple as that. Yeah. I mean, we both know. I mean, Lorenz is the sixth, pers- the sixth best player in his junior class, according to WSN. I mean, he's a future Division One player. He um, He's obviously going to score, or he has the capability to score north of 20 points per game. I think he scores about 21, 22 points per game this year. And, yeah, I mean, he's just defensively, maybe he's not the best perimeter ball defender, but you can't. With him and Grady Geiger in the lane this year, so many shots are just going to get altered. And then, yeah, so I think obviously Bright uh, Luke Pouts, excuse me, I think he wins it if Ron Colley wins the conference just because, you know, he helped his team to another championship. And he's going to average 20 and 14 this year. I think it, I mean, with some of these undersized teams, I mean, when you talk about New Holstein, Two Rivers, Sheboygan Falls, Chilton, um, Keel, Keel. I mean, Luke Pouts, he had 24 rebounds one game last year. I think he could hit that. I think he could see that 15 rebound per game average. I mean, as weird as that sounds, or as insane as that sounds, I think that's really in the realm of possibilities. So I think obviously whoever wins the conference gets it. I think Lorenz is maybe favored a little bit by now. Um, You'll have to – well, the results will be out by Friday. So at this point, you'll know that Lorenz is my number one player uh, in my rankings just because I just think he's just the overall better player all around. But Luke Pouts is 1A. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think I think there's certainly a possibility. I think we mentioned the depth with this Ron Cowley Jets team. I think Pouts might be able to accumulate better counting stats over the year compared to Lorenz. And that's something that maybe with – because with Brilliant having that excellent depth – that might hurt Lorenz in terms of player of the year standing and if how much they value those counting stats. So I don't know how that's going to work in the conference player of the year, but I, I do like if whoever wins the conference, it would, it should be pouts then for Ron Lorenz for brilliant, but just wanted to point out with, with the lack of depth for, for Ron that might actually help pouts case out as well. 
Yeah. But with that, um, Robert, is there anything else you want to talk about with the boys team? I know we could talk for hours on end about this stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, we can, I mean, yeah, just a couple guys. I mean, I have a couple guys that obviously we talked a lot about, um, you know, a player that's kind of under the radar. I already talk a lot about him. I mean, Parker Brown's my under the radar guy. I had him at eight and, you know, he, he didn't have any uh, gaudy numbers from last year. I think he averaged, uh, uh, you know, average five points a game or something like that. And, you know, didn't shoot it great, maybe 33% from beyond the arc. But he's a guy I think – I just think he could take over games. And he's, he's a guy who could score out of the gym and shoot the lights out if he gets hot. Um, just didn't have that experience last year and was really tentative early on in the year. Never really put it together until late in the year. Max Miller is a guy from Chilton. I, I don't know his status, actually. I, I got a source that said he might be missing some games um, from a football injury. I don't know for sure. He's a guy I really like from Chilton. Um, I think he's, you know, just became a better athlete. I saw it in football a little bit. And uh, other than that, yeah, Joel Witzak and Braden Yonda. I mean, Braden Yonda, here's a guy I think who could also be a player for Ron Colley, who we don't really know about. And um, all of a sudden, he's just one of their better players. I think he's, he played, he does play good defense like Ron Colley. But, I mean, yeah, I think pretty much we went over everything. Um yeah, like I said, my, Mason Myers from Valders, he's one of my favorite players. And then Cole Holby's one of my favorite players in the conference. And then, yeah, I mean, Chilton, we went over them. And Brilliant, obviously, I went over them. So, yeah, I mean, really, really nothing else. Basically, it's, you know, your top three teams. And then I think it's everyone else. I want, I'm not even putting Keel in the top three teams just because, I don't know. I just think, I just think, I don't see how a team like that uh, when you're just so young like that and you have no leadership really besides Pierce Arms, a sophomore who's, I mean, let's just face it, undersized. I don't see how you just start upsetting around Kali or teams like that. I mean, not, not say you can't do it, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think we pretty much hit it all unless you want to make another ranking or prediction no, I, or I, something I, like that. Something like that. I don't really know what else we could do. But. Well, with Valders, yeah, I, I like him. Uh, you mentioned Myers. I'm glad we mentioned him again. Talk about being like that glue guy for the team. Also, Trey Schneider starting. I think that's kind of a sleeper for me too. Um, just with him coming back now for his sophomore year, I think he'll be a guy to watch for that Valors team along with that great group of guys they have going for him right now as well. Um, but with that, Robert, I think we hit it all. We're definitely going to be doing some mid-season check-ins, of course, on the podcast. And, Robert, you want to explain how you're going to be breaking down the boys' basketball season on your page at EWC underscore sports? Yeah, so obviously when I started EWC sports, basketball was the primary thing I covered, and it was the only thing I covered. So obviously I do – I spend my most time into that, I, you know, but – I definitely think you will see more, more than that than any other sports. I kind of mentioned uh, I, I do wrestling every once week. I don't know if I want to do wrestling just because I just – I don't know if it's worth it. But, yeah, girls basketball I mentioned in the last episode. I do maybe like a once every two weeks post. Boys basketball, I'm, like I said, I'm not going to do every game. If there's a good conference game, I might post it. Like I may, might make one, one or two games of the week to watch – 
might post it on Monday and then I'll maybe write up a little something or if I can see it. But other than that, yeah, I'll do, I'll do probably about two or three, my top 10 players throughout the year. And then I'll do my power ranking or standings uh, throughout the year too. And then, you know, I, maybe, maybe I'm going to do something where like, I'm going to rank because I think two years ago, I ranked the top 20 all time players. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. And um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I looked at that list besides the point of pissing the whole uh, city of Valders off. Yeah. That, that list, was, that part was not fun. That, that, that was a really fun list to make. Obviously I can't do that again because basically most would be the same. I Come might on. even look, I might even look uh, at doing like a, so what? like my the last three years a top 20 players or something like that or it's so tough because i don't want to put active players in there because they're just hard to judge but if, if there's some ranking i can do or if anyone has an idea I, i'd love to do I, I i just like making those just because you know people don't know who rudy montoya was or carson hughes or trey hakes so it, it's just it's just a fun thing to do you could move up kyle tuma See, yeah, so I've actually never, I mean, sorry if we are going long on time, but I've never really explained that decision. Kyle Tuma. do it right now. Yeah, go. Kyle Tuma was one of my favorite players I've watched and one of the best players I've ever watched. The only really reason, and and keep in mind, a lot of of people are coming at me. So, Jombie's not playing college basketball. Kyle Tuma is going to win the WEAC player of the year this year. Well, I'm hearing a lot of that. I heard a lot of that, but for me, it was just Chambi won had just more accomplishments in first team all conference players. And he, he won a player of the year. Kyle Tuma never won a player of the year. And yeah, I think he could have got snubbed, but it's just, it was just hard for me to get past the fact that I had to put a player one when they were never a player of the year. And yeah, I mean, obviously you can put asterisks next to stuff, but, and I think Kyle Tuma, there, there, there's definitely that one tier between Chambi, Velker and Tuma's careers. But that was kind of the only reason. I mean, Chambi had 16, 600 more points, um, you know, just stuff like that and more state appearances. I know he's in D4, but. Yeah, that that was that was the only reason I put him ahead. So there so, there's there's kind of my explanation. Quick question then. If so Ryan Steffes, he was on he took the player of the year, I believe, from um Tuma. That would have been his senior year then. Um w- if Tuma would have won that player of the year, would you have put him at one or would you still not have? It would have been it would have been very close. I think my explanation there was Kyle Tuma was because he didn't have one. That was my decision. That was my thing. Okay. That's why I'm going to put Chambi one. That was my kind of leg to stand on. That's why I made and put him at three because I think, I think him and Carter Velker are very similar. Um, Tuma just played on better teams and I think they were really close. But that was my decision there, so that's kind. Of, that's why I didn't put him there. If he had it, I think it would have been a way harder decision. And I, yeah, I, I do think we could. 
it, it could have altered the rankings, but for that, sure. that's why. Okay. But basically, it's 1A, 1B, 1C with those three. Yeah, and um, certainly, I mean, you can't argue Chambi did have better counting stats. He had better accolades. Like, I mean, just looking at his resume looked better than Kyle's resume, just looking at him, comparing him, if you just look at it like that. But, yeah, so that was my one thing I wanted to clear up. Um, but, yeah, thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.